This week on Deep Night. That's what a tarot reading is. You pick a card, they don't tell you anything about the meaning, and it just that's, weighs that's right. on you. That's right. <laughs> you, you, you will live in mystery. Cool. <laughs> Hello, friends. Hello, it's me, Dale Seaver, your host and rock-steady companion through this, The Deep Night. We come to you, as always, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. I'll be keeping our introduction today short, as I did what I sometimes do on these live shows, which is get carried away. <laughs> oh, we had a wonderful time at our Thanksgiving Eve show live from the Slipper Room in New York City, and I want to get right to it. My thanks to our guests uh, who, who appear in the following order, Shalewa Sharp, Kyle Ayers, and Michael Kupperman. I do hope you'll go and look them up and see their shows and read and buy their books or just greet them warmly if you see them out and about on the subway or wherever one runs into people. My thanks also to Annabelle Casas, a.k.a. Glockabelle. You're going to hear her music in a little moment here. It'll, it'll start to bubble up and then fill your ears. And uh, that's the music that, that kicked off, off the show and uh, was the thing weaving in and out, really holding the whole program together, a magical audioscape, if you will. You can get her Wolf Barbecue EP on glockabelle.com. I have it. I have it, and it's amazing. It's a good thing to listen to right before going out shopping if you need to do that or running for physical enhancement. Or perhaps you're going to go on a date and you feel a little awkward about it, unsure. Well, this is the courage you need listening to Glockabell. I use it to charge my purple crystals. Sometimes they need a little boost, don't they? Oh, you're sure to get a boost from this show today, folks. Two program notes. We'll be back with another live program on Wednesday, January 11th at the Slipper Room with Michelle Buteau, Vinnie DePanto, mind reader, and a special visit from Sandy Honig of Three Busy Debras, and more. Then we're off to SF for SF Sketchfest, our fourth visit out there to the great comedy festival by the bay. Uh, we'll have more information about that show online, but it's Saturday, January 21st at 4.30 p.m. in the afternoon. Oh, it's so early. I'm going to have to change the name of this show to Deep Noon. <laughs> it's a free show, and my guest will be the wonderful Allie Gertz, uh, who you know from comedy and music and podcasting and At Midnight. She's wonderful. And Irene, too, is a San Francisco comedian on the rise, and also Philip Ross. Ladies and gentlemen, I've known Phil Ross for a long time, and he has a new company uh, called Myco Works, I think is what it's called. But uh, regardless, uh, Phil Ross has the future in his hands, and the future is fungus. Ladies and gentlemen, wait till you hear what Phil has to say. It's, it's, it really is, uh, I believe, the, the future for all of us and the future for everything. Uh, Phil Ross has the keys to that, so it's going to be uh, great fun to talk with him. This show is free, totally free to you. Come on down. It's a piano fight uh, somewhere. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Don't worry. Take a train. Take a trolley. I'll get there. It's probably down a hill. Uh, uh, so come on out and see that show for, for um, Sketchfest. Tonight's episode, though, this episode you're listening to right here, I will tell you, it was a crisp and wonderful evening in New York City, a hint of autumn in the air, and I invite you now to take my disembodied hand in yours and join me as we cross the threshold once again to enter 
The Deep Night. Welcome to the stage, Del Siever. This is great. I'm Dale Seaver. I'm your host, your spirit guide, and your north star in this hour of regrets and revelations. It's so wonderful to be here at the world-famous Slipper Room in New York City. Isn't it? For a live, it's a Thanksgiving Eve special, is what it is, isn't it? It's a party night. That's what they said. They said it's a party night. Everybody's going to be out. I said, well, okay. <laughs> And here we are. Hello up there. <laughs> All the way, lots of people up in the balcony, probably. Yes, it's a, it's a wonderful party night. I don't have to tell you, you're party people, aren't you? <laughs> I've been to so many party. One, I guess, party I've been to. It was a long one, though, three hours, maybe. And it was just fun, wall to wall. <laughs> And then I walked from one wall to the other, carrying my plate of famous deviled eggs, hoping that someone would talk to me. <laughs> Spoiler alert, no one did. And I've been alone for years, but yes, it's so great to be out tonight with you here. And uh, I like to start tonight because, listen, it's, uh, it's, it's been uh, troubling, has it? It's been troubling times. So I like to start tonight with a healing exercise, something that we do at our aura-bending workshops in Terre Haute. This is something to ground our bodies and receive the wonderful comedy that you're about to have. Uh, tonight. So if we can, if we can just focus on our flesh sacks, if you will, these Ziploc bags of people porridge that we all are, these watery bits sloshing around in our nether regions. Yes, that's it. You're feeling it. The hairs that you have, some of them unattractive, certainly without function. There they are. Feel your legs, those heavy legs that you carry around with you all day and they're they're being supported by the, the weight of that chair, the cushion beneath you, that red cushion. And then feel the earth supporting that chair. Do you feel that? That thin crust. Below that is a roiling sea of lava. Just hot, hot lava. And below that, we hope there's a reserve ocean for us in case that our seas turn to acid and we're forced to walk a dusty playa full of crumbled plastic in old iPhones. 
think about that happy place and then I want you to come back into your body and think about your body, all of those things moving around in there, the cells that are so active, maybe some of the things happening in your biodome, processing a bagel perhaps, or in my case a Cliff Bar, carrot cake flavor, or maybe a Thanksgiving sandwich that you bought because you just couldn't wait for tomorrow. <laughs> oh, you love cranberry sauce? Me too! And it's in there. Imagine all those cells circulating through your body. There's so many of them knowing just what to do. So simple, aren't they? Simple and beautiful like a puddle, just a single raindrop on its surface. Simple like my cousin Dinald. So, so simple. Simple, simple, simple. All those cells knowing just what to do, coalescing there and forming skin to hide our bones, our hideous, hideous bones. <laughs> yes, we don't want to see them, do we? It would scare us. I saw a picture of my skull on an x-ray and I realized that we're all the same and no one's special. <laughs> and everything's awful. Think about that for a moment, won't you? Think about yourself as a skeleton. Think about the person next to you, maybe a loved one, also a skeleton. <laughs> Think about your holiday table, just surrounded there by skeletons. Old skeletons and big skeletons and little skeletons. Well, that's a little dark, <laughs> isn't it? So let's turn on the TV and watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Imagine it, if you will, the streets lined with skeletons all bundled up in their winter coats to protect against the November wind. Their empty eye sockets looking up toward the heavens, watching a floating bones of a dog, an inflatable dog, little bony fingers holding on to nylon ropes. There's so many bones in the hands, ladies and gentlemen. They're just holding on to those ropes, keeping it tethered to the earth, aren't they? Those strong, strong bony hands. Hang tight, tiny skeletons. Hang tight. And now you're fully present, aren't you, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, it feels good to be here <laughs> and in our bodies, ready to receive great comedy in advance of Thanksgiving which is coming up. Galinda, my wife, and I have been wrapped in our Himalayan hammocks just trying to understand how we lost touch with Middle America and we thought about going to visit some of them with our family members at Thanksgiving. And then we decided we don't care much for Middle America and that we would stay home. <laughs> because who needs it? And yet we also feel that that's maybe in the face of Thanksgiving, which of course is a historically uh, wonderful celebration of awkward conversation. Do you think the Native Americans wanted to go and sit with the pilgrims? No. You can imagine the chief sitting there thinking, do we have to? I don't want to go. And then maybe some of the elders saying, well, let's, we can bring corn. Let's bring corn. We'll call it maize, which will be endlessly confusing. And we can just talk about corn recipes for like an hour. So there's so many <laughs> things you can do with it, Chief. And uh, gradually he said, okay. And then they went and they said, well, let's talk about this until the pilgrims pass out from too much wine. And that's exactly my plan with Uncle Ed. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, I'm not going to say because I can't, I can't take it, ladies and gentlemen. I can't sit there as he tells me about fracking and Obamacare and emails, and I get it, pass the peas, you know? And I, I said, we're not going to do that. We're not going to go. We're not going to engage. No, we're instead going to celebrate our first Gowanus Thanksgiving. Folks, you know about the Gowanus Canal? Have you ever been out there? Yes. Oh, good. I'm pleased to hear that. If you haven't been, you must go. You simply must go. Yes, 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 you must go. It's a beautiful uh, polluted canal out there in Brooklyn, and it's where we spend our times, and I can't wait to, to prepare the feast and introduce Galinda to the wonders of a Gowanus Thanksgiving. Of course, tonight I will have to rise as the moon uh, is high in the sky and get my tires started. You need to get the tires hot, but not uh, too hot. Of course, you want to smolder the river meats. You don't want to, to, to burn any of them or scorch them. I'll spend most of my time fetching small vermin and rats that fall into the uh, canal, just scooping them out. Some of them have gone in looking for uh, greens that have blown off of the Whole Foods uh, organic greenhouse and into the canal. They slip in, try to get some of that lettuce, and then the toxins within the canal act as a tenderizer. And they often attack the mussels first, so mostly for me it's just network, uh, meaning I scoop with the net. And so uh, well I'll prepare uh, lots of things. Of course, the centerpiece of the meal, you know it, you've had it, melted pigeon, and that'll be served on a bed of black oysters, and that will all be smoked with an off-brand uh, carton of cigarettes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I get a generous helping of store-bought gravy, because honestly, it's a little tough <laughs> to get it down. But uh, we're looking forward to our Gowanus Thanksgiving, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Gravy's a great lubricant, isn't it? And speaking of lubricants, music is also a lubricant, and Glockabelle is here tonight. Glockabelle, Annabelle Cassis, how are you? Très bien. <laughs> Good. That's a language I studied in high school and then abandoned. So uh, uh, how uh, you're doing well. What's the instrument you're playing here? Uh, so this is a glockenspiel. Glockenspiel, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? Now, uh, when was the heyday of the glockenspiel? I want to say 1976 because I remember the bicentennial well. And the children of uh, suburban Philadelphia would run after the glockenspiel man celebrating and um, holding quarters and things. Was that it or was it earlier? Never. <laughs> it's <laughs> never had a heyday, yet of course our listeners here will remember it's featured prominently, maybe uh, for the most prominent time in the 1791 uh, piece by uh, Mozart, uh, The Magic Flute, where it stood in for the bird catcher. I looked something up. Now, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. are you sure that's not a Celeste? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Later on, it would become the Celeste and made popular in Paris, I believe. Uh, uh, I want to say there was an August somebody uh, maybe involved in that. You know, I built a Celeste uh, out of nothing but spare parts and things, and I no. was fortunate enough to win a bronze medal in the National Science Olympiad competition in Boulder, Colorado. So we're both winners tonight, Glockabelle, aren't we? Do you like science? No. How about the par how about the paranormal? Why not? 
Why not? Why exactly. Not? Why not be open to things is what I say. And you know, I think the sound that you're providing tonight would be very wonderful for a paranormal film or maybe even a podcast. Okay, well, let's do one of, one of those things. Let's pick podcast, because that's what we're doing. Now, you have a, uh, a, 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 an EP. I have it. You gave it to me. I don't understand you how this is. You No, no, no. It's right here in my pocket. What is this that I'm holding? It feels wrong. Like Maybe drugs. like a credit card. You have a red ticket in there, too. What does that mean? That means that you won the tiger. <laughs> I had no idea. But Folks, I am genuinely <laughs> excited. I know you don't care, but I want a tiger. <laughs> I picked this randomly. What am I holding, though, first of all? Yeah, so it's a flash drive, and it has my pee on it. But at every show that I do, I give away a tiger. And you have won it tonight, but there's no tiger here. So this is a problem. Well, it's like I won nothing. <laughs> That's great. But people can buy this from you. You're going to have these? Yeah, yeah. This is called Wolf Barbecue. That's right. So it's the name of my EP, and it's just, I can't do this with the things on. Can you show yep. them how this works? Oh, you're holding a microphone. That's okay. So what do you need? <laughs> you, let me do it. You push it out? There you go. So you, you can just plug this into your computer, and it has, like, the EP and the video and some pictures, because why not? And then uh, you can download it all and then delete it all. And it has four gigabytes, so you can reuse it. Wow. Well, ah. it's so <laughs> handy. It's so functional. How do I get the tiger? How do you get it? Yes. Well, you'll have to invite me back, and okay. I'll bring you the tiger. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, that's, I'm going to hold on to it, and I'm going to hold you to it. That's a wonderful. Be sure and, and check out that. It's, it's exciting. It's inspiring. It's energetic. I love uh, the sound, uh, Glockabell. So you're going to be able to stay with us all evening? Yes. <laughs> Where would you yes. go? To okay. Get the tiger. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> Good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoy inspiring music, why she's going to be here uh, making it happen. Okay. Well, let's get right to our show tonight. We have so many fabulous guests, and we're talking about inspiration and lubrication. And that reminds me of our first wonderful, talented comedian tonight. She's a great friend who I had on the show, and I said, we had such a good time. Come back and do it. She's been at the, the Brooklyn Comedy Festival, the Red Clay Comedy Festival. Please welcome Shalewa Sharp, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Shalewa. Well, how'd you come out from there? Surprise! <laughs> First, I win a tiger, then I'm surprised. Wonderful. Have a. Oh, you need a microphone. There it is. There it is. It's on. Feel good. Hi, hi everyone. There it is. Look at this, Shlewa. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing okay. Have you ever played a glockenspiel? Uh, is that with mallets? Is that with mallets, Glocky? Uh, there's no mallet. Okay. <laughs> hand there, the, the hand thing. Well, what do you call those? Thimbles? Yeah, these are symbols, but this is something that I made uh, up. So usually you would play with mallets, but okay. I don't. I threw them out. I just have thimbles. No, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> All right. I uh, I have not played it with mallets or thimbles or my bare fingers. Were you uh, a person who played an instrument in school? I played the viola. Where are my viola people at? You're Some never alone. there. Some up in the balcony. You're never there. there. In the balcony? Are you up there? No, no. there's never. There's never a viola. A viola? Yeah. Well, that's a nice one. That's a good sound. It's a, it's a deeper violin. Yeah. Or a real puny cello. <laughs> depending on 
if your mother told you that we can't afford an actual cello. <laughs> is there anything <laughs> close to it? There's a viola. Yeah. <laughs> a little smaller. A little smaller. Do you ever find yourself intrigued by some of the, the other people playing music? Maybe you had your eye on a fella carrying a tenor saxophone case, oh, struggling with well, it onto the bus. As a, as a young, uh, independent woman of the 90s, yes. I did a bid carrying a guy's um, gear into various bars. Uh, he was my boyfriend. <sighs> yeah. Uh, and I, I was his roadie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That happens sometimes, doesn't it? What did he play? Uh, I don't know. Um, a guitar is what I carried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. what came out of it, he I don't... Knows. Yeah, knows? you know, he was in one of those... Mm, uh, like space rock noise band, your, your Spaceman 3, your Spiritualized, all things I love. Yeah. Um... Uh, when I went to uh, a band rehearsal, my first time there, he handed me earplugs mm -hmm. and said, you're going to want these. <laughs> and I was like, you guys not writing songs? He's like, no, the songs are great. They're epic. They're long. You're going to want these, though. And did you, did you want It was those? the best thing he ever did for yeah. me. <laughs> it was the best. I dated him for almost a year, and that was the best thing he ever did for me. <laughs> Giving you earplugs. Yeah. I keep them on me. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. So that's not those exact ones. <laughs> that relationship's <laughs> over. But I do keep earplugs on me. You know, in a relationship, you never know when you're going to need earplugs. Oh, boy. Just assume <laughs> you will. <laughs> Just assume. <laughs> yeah. You probably fall, will. But I think we can all agree that the sax is the sexiest instrument to oh, play. Aside from the glockenspiel, right? I bet. Right, Annabelle? It's the worst. <laughs> you, don't get a lot of, you don't get a lot of trim with the, with the glockenspiel, glocky? You don't get I don't get a lot of what? Trim? Trim? Trim. Sex. I think she means sex. Yes, sex. Oh. Fellas uh, or ladies, trim. That's it. Trim is <laughs> all sexes. It's, it's fluid. Oh, I was just going back to the saxophonist. Oh. Let's, let's skip over that one. You don't care <laughs> so for a saxophone? Well, I don't care for the saxophone anymore. Wow. Just... I dated a saxophonist. Mm, okay. That's all it takes. And that We've was all it. fallen <laughs> into it, haven't that's we? That's all it I takes. follow Kenny G on Instagram, and he's the only celebrity I follow, and I've never been sorry about it. It's fantastic. Here's my thing about um, just saxophone players in general. Yes. Asshole. Kenny G in particular. Did he have a ska <laughs> part? Because I feel like every saxophonist at some point no. played in a ska band. There not had to be. Not Kenny G. Come on. No. Pick it up, pick it up with Kenny G? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, I guess it's not grown and sexy. <laughs> He's so... Mm, He's terrific. Lots of pictures of him with the sunset playing his instrument. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Go ahead and follow him. You there won't be sorry. There is a, uh, a soft jazz um, artist named Huge Groove. Yeah. And it's E-U-G-E. Last name Groove, and I don't know if that's huge Groove or huge Groove, um, but he had an album that I believe was called like Chillaxin, like yep. that was his literal, and it was just him on a beach, yeah, with some sort of horn. What do you put on at home when you want to relax? Uh, you know what? I like to relax in a tank top and leg warmers, and that's it. 
There's a whole space that's missing. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> that's very comfortable. I haven't found anything that is <laughs> that does it justice. <laughs> there are no, like, weird moo-moos that only come from here to, you know, like, skirts, there's sure. too much pressure. So just like a tank top, it's just like the saddest episode of fame you'll ever want to <laughs> see. It's just she's not going anywhere. No one's auditioning her. Well, I was asking about music, but I'm happy to, <laughs> have, I'm happy to have the visual. Yeah, So yeah. you're in your, in your leg warmers and tank top. What are you right. listening to? I, um, let's see, what, to relax? What's the chill zone over there? Well, the you know what? I made, um, I made this great, I've made two great playlists on the Spotify. Yeah. One of them is supposed to be for sexy time. Mm-hmm. But since that has dropped off considerably, I now use it when I fold laundry. <laughs> Uh, I'm just adding to it, adding stuff to it. So at this point, uh, uh, it's going to be either like a two-hour-long two sex session or just all the clothes I own <laughs> that I'm washing and folding. <laughs> the other one I made was, like I mentioned, I'm an independent woman from the 90s, so I made w <laughs> one that's three and a half hours long of um, bands or artists that were led by women or were women from the 90s and the name of it is Lunchbox Purse. Because you weren't a gal in the 90s if you weren't using a lunchbox as a purse. Mm. Everyone had one. I had a, a Sesame Street one, naturally. Yeah. Uh, and a, a Hello Kitty one. Yeah. That was a little newer. Actually, I think it was Karopi. The Frog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what I was carrying around. The Sesame Street one was actually old school with the thermos. Oh, sure. And I would sneak in lemonade to bars because I'm not much of a drinker, and I didn't want the pressure of having a drink. So I That's snuck wild. in non-alcoholic drinks into bars. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. I'm it was a wild a real, time. real sense of Shalewa tonight. Yeah, yeah. Well, are uh, you going to be uh, in Thanksgiving? Uh, you mean in New York for Thanksgiving? I am. I am. Uh, my sister is coming to visit. Uh, she arrives tonight at w some point. Will this be your first New York Thanksgiving? No. 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 I usually spend them dodging like my roommate's family. Uh-huh. They tend to come. This time he went, Muhammad went to the mountain, I guess. Um, which is very funny because he's as Anglo as they, anyway. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, so I'm, uh, this time I, I have a, a family member coming in. We haven't really planned anything. Uh, she You've just said that Thanksgiving food is her favorite food. So that's, I'm like, well, I'll see if I can find like a Thanksgiving dinner ramen, instant ramen. Which I don't, I mean, that would clean, I'd eat that every day. <laughs> Turkey and dressing ramen? Yes. I'd eat that every day. That would be delicious. Every day. Well, I have to think of everything. So, uh, you don't cook a lot, do you? A lot of instant ramen. <laughs> yes, very Chicken, enough. beef, oriental. I don't even know what flavor that is. Roast chicken. Yeah. I've been uh, dabbing into shrimp. Yeah. Sure, uh, and that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and you recently started a new job, is that correct? I did start a new job. Probably good people over there. Yeah, bless their hearts. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, uh, my first day was election day. Oh. That's good. And everybody was crunk. 
on election day. <laughs> Everyone was super happy. Super happy. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then my second day was the day after election day. <laughs> And everyone wept in each other's offices. <laughs> they walked around from office to office weeping. And I still needed someone to show me how to work the phones. <laughs> so it was a the first week was a rough week. It was a rough week. week. But, uh, but you know, it got better. Getting better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, good. Yeah. I like to hear that. Yeah. And um, uh, so uh, you are uh, from Atlanta. I am from Atlanta. But live live here now? I live here now. With the Thanksgiving and the family, you think you're going to go see the Macy's uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade? Have you ever watched that? Uh, I don't know. Maybe if I can talk my sister into it? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, like, how, how many people are going to be here for that, really? I, I'd say a fair number. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like not just something you watch on TV. You think no? people are going to pass? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's going to be a little chilly tomorrow, so I feel like people will stay home. That usually deters them. Yeah. Now, uh, is there a balloon, though, that you would look forward to seeing? That would you, you would get excited? I mean, you're somebody that carried around a lunchbox. Is there something that you're like, oh, I'm uh, actually man. genuinely thrilled Yo, to see that? If I see the Snoopy balloon, um, if I see the Sesame Street float, yeah. Um, if I see the Rockettes in person so I can play my favorite game, Spot the Brown Rockettes, it's my favorite game. <laughs> my family played that every year. They're just one? Usually. Okay. Uh, you, but you know what? They've been stepping it up. So we've had to do like shades. Where's the light skin brown? <laughs> where's the darker skin brown rocket? Uh -huh. Anyway, you know, we're, we're averaging about three now. Pretty so you know, progress. <laughs> um, yeah, so if I could do those things in person, that'd be kind of neat. Yeah. yeah. I like Spider-Man. Oh, that's a good one. I like looking forward to the Spider-Man because he's kind of from New York and he's got superpowers. And I just, I know he's a little bit new school, but I like him. The one I don't care for is mm -hmm. that tubby fireman. And I also don't like Sonic the Hedgehog. I would like them to get rid of Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't care for that. Now, that is quite a soapbox. And I feel as if what we could do with them is just break it down. We don't need them anymore. Recycle yeah. it, and I don't know what you'd make out of it, prophylactics or whatever. Wait. Uh, you <laughs> could. Uh, that would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would. I mean, <laughs> I, I imagine that would re replace the French tickler. Wait, yes. who was the tubby fireman? There's an old uh, cartoon fireman that they have. They just He's keep... a very old school one that just, mm, you know, floats. <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> He's yeah. upright and I floating. Think, well, you know what? I actually would probably be terrified to see one of those balloons. Big things scare me. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, I'd be hyped to see Snoopy until he floated over my head. Then terrified. And then absolutely a panic attack. Yeah. Absolutely. Is there a Woodstock one? I could probably handle a Woodstock. But a Snoopy floating over me? That's going to well, be it. Well, the problem being that Woodstock is not any smaller. Oh. It's not as if you're like, oh, there's little tiny woods. It's like it's wood. to scale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's still a person. large floating yeah, balloon, yeah. yeah, that's You'd still true. be scared out of your mind. But he's a bird. He wouldn't, like, hover. He has things to do. Woodstock always had things to do. Like, he hung out with Snoopy, but he also yeah. would, like, dip. You know what I mean? He's like, all right, we've had enough time. And then he'd go away. <laughs> I kind of like that in yeah. Woodstock. He did have an active he life. He did. He, there were other Woodstocks. There were like, you know, yeah, like yeah. three or four of them would come around. And then he, the main one would be like, oh, I got to go hang out with this dog. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, so That's I kind of right. like, you know, Woodstock, what was his other wife? <laughs> oh, man, we need to get into that. He deserves a spinoff. He absolutely does. <laughs> oh, boy. Someone tweet about that. See if he answers. He'll answer, I think. <laughs> Woodstock. Someone's managing the Woodstock account. Someone's always on it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that's, that's top level for somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, your album that you have out is uh, what, Cookies? Uh, Stay Eating Cookies. And uh, I'm a Lorna Dune man myself. Oh, those are good. They are good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I Short will break. also not kick a Fig Newton out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's fruit and cake. It's not actually a cookie, they it say. It feels like a cookie. It the really does. The original one, though, is superior to when they started making blueberry, raspberry ones. I don't care for those. Oh, yeah. I don't mind the apple. Oh, yes, the apple, apple is delightful. Apple is okay, yeah, yeah. Yes, but I'm the other ones, on yeah, that. they're just really trying to muscle they in on it. They reach too far, they let reach too far. Let the fig have its moment. Yes. Let it, ha let it have its newton. Let the fig have its <laughs> moment. <laughs> and I will say, I don't know if you plan, do you ever make cookies? I, I have. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they were labors of love, so I enjoyed eating them. You know who <laughs> <laughs> you know who gets the short shrift though at some of our Thanksgiving dinners is mm. the person that makes the cookie plate. Everyone celebrates the pie maker. You bring a pie, oh, did you make this? That's fantastic. They can't wait to get the what did you put in the crust? All this kind of thing. <laughs> but a cookie tray maker will make 15, 20 different kinds of cookies, rolling them out, you know, decorating them, cutting them, letting the dough chill. And then it'll be thank you, and they'll set it aside. They'll set that cookie tray aside. You won't see it again. It won't go unappreciated. Yeah, it'll you just got be a set good aside. Point. It won't get the kind of attention that I'm usually happy for anyone maker. who brings the sweets. In yes. fact, I'm making my sister bring a sweet potato pie on the plane. I hope it makes it, guys. <laughs> it's not even a homemade sweet. It's just a store-bought pie <laughs> from a grocery store in Atlanta. They just make a good pie. That's Has anyone ever heard of Publix? Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's a good, that, uh, man, they my wedding cake is going to be a Publix cake and <laughs> every, like, yeah, just a whole pie. And I guess you could bring one for herself if she wants one. Well, I hope it makes it to that. And I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you, Dale. Thank you have some you. shows coming up that you want people to know about? Uh, you know what? Um, next Thursday, I feel like that's December 1st, yep. I'm doing 30 minutes of talking. Wow. At the creek in the cave. First or the second? I'm not sure. Uh, the first. Yeah. Oh, first. Yes. Yeah. You're right. December it's the first. first uh, at first. ten o'clock at the creek in the cave in Long Island City. I'm doing a thirty-minute set. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. So. Well, uh, have a wonderful holiday. Thank, Thank you, you for being here. Can you stay around? Oh, absolutely. Oh, good. Shalewa hey. Sharp, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Isn't she delightful? Fantastic. Be careful. Okay. All right. I don't want it to roll. If it rolls, I'm dead. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our next guest is a st uh, talented uh, stand-up, and he's contributed to Full Frontal with Samantha Bee and the Roasts of Comedy Central, and uh, maybe you've seen him in various places around town. He does stand-up all over, and there's a number of terrific uh, shows. Please welcome Kyle Ayers to the stage. Kyle! Oh, wonderful. There you are. You're hot. Hello. Kyle. 
Can I set this here? Absolutely. I don't know the vicinity of the whiskey to crystal vicinity. Oh, you'll be okay. It'll only amplify. Uh, uh, did <laughs> the you whiskey or the crystal? <laughs> the, the crystal will amplify okay. our good energies that we Wonderful. have right now. Wonderful. Do you want to pick a card or anything? Do you want to do a tarot reading? Yes. Okay, find one. Card will pick you. Oh, oh God. Do I flip it over? Yeah, tell us what it is. What do we see? Lord here? of Oppression. Lord Promising. Of, Lord of... No, that's not what it says. Promising. Oh, yeah, Lord of Oppression. Yes, it does. Oh, that, that is well. a card, right? That didn't just present itself for the first <laughs> no. time now? Nope. That was a card yesterday, right? Yeah, that's true. Well, what is the Ten of Wands? You're going to have to sit with that, aren't you? Lord of Oppression. <laughs> that's what a tarot reading is? You pick a card, they don't tell you anything about the meaning, and it just that's, weighs that's right. on you? That's right. <laughs> you... you you will li live in mystery. Cool. <laughs> Feel better. <laughs> Boy, I'm feeling oppressed. <laughs> but now, Kyle, other than oppressed, how are you doing? Good. I, I would say I... I probably am the last person who should right now in this day and age say they feel oppressed. <laughs> yes. People know how I look based on how I sound. Whatever you're assuming is correct. Yes. I look like I still think Bernie has a chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jill Stein's funding the anyway. Uh, you um, you uh, had a heckler I recently? I want to talk about that real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Jill Stein wants to fund a recount, which is a promising situation, right? That's a nice sure. idea. And then I was reading what happens if you donate. She wants $2.5 million. If she doesn't get $2.5 million and you've donated, it's still hers. <laughs> and then she just has oh. the money. And her site, it was like, what if, if the goal is not reached, the site was like, we will put the funds to good use. Sure, sure. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, they only tell yeah, I know. Kickstarter has a more legitimate model than a presidential <laughs> that, candidate right. for gaining funds. She, she's kind of on the GoFundMe side yeah. of things. <laughs> uh, Definitely the GoFU me. Well, maybe maybe she'll get a bus or something and travel around the country. <laughs> she seems nice. Has a good picture avatar. <laughs> yeah. She seems okay. But now you, you recently talk about um, dealing with difficult situations. You had a yeah. heckler show up at a show recently? Yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. They were there. Chalet was show. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> it's not. And, and, and they were, they were, these people were sitting to the right, and there's a good amount of crowd. It's like a narrow, but they're, the only, they're basically the only people to the right of me. It's sort of a hallway. Yes. And, and they thought they would, like, tell me what they thought of everything that I said. They'd be like, you should have talked about, and think, you know, you know how when you're in the middle of a live performance and you just want that audience help? <laughs> how you're just like, you know, I definitely haven't <laughs> thought about this every waking moment for years. I need the man with uh, the Zorro facial hairs feedback. Yeah. I need this guy to gentrify my set in Bushwick. <laughs> That's how we get better as artists, he, isn't it? It was certainly what he <laughs> thought was how. So I start talking to him. I'm like, you shouldn't do that. And, you know, other yeah. really witty responses, like, stop. <laughs> yes. And uh, I hate myself more than you ever could. <laughs> you know, you know riffs from yeah. TV. Yeah. We've all seen <laughs> Curb. <laughs> sure. And he stands up. At one point, there's three of them, and they're all sort of teaming up on me. But it's like, also, anyone who only has the gall to yell at you during a show, but not the gall to go on stage and do it themselves, they're, that's, 
easily defeated with eye contact. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? You feel I'm eye contact away from running that table. And, and he stands up, and he starts looking at me, and then he just, I stop talking. And he slowly walks by me, maintaining eye contact. I'm saying nothing. I yeah. step back from the microphone. There's a projector projecting fire behind me, I swear to God. <laughs> so it's like I'm in hell, <laughs> and at least purgatory, and this man is just wading down the river sticks to the bar. <laughs> and he just walks by, making eye contact with me. I say nothing. He orders a drink. You hear him go, I don't know, any wine? <laughs> like He like panics and orders a drink. And then he slowly uh. walks all the way back, making eye contact with me. No one has said a sing, No words and no noise have happened. And then he sits down, and then you hear him sip his wine. And I just asked, I was like, what did you think that walk was going to be? <laughs> was I going to cry during the... You, he was, I was like, you're walking like those twins from Breaking Bad <laughs> without an axe. And then the set ended, and it went pretty well. Uh, uh, you should see the reg- it re- I really need to be bailed out by anger because you don't want the regular comedy. And it, after the, my set, he followed me, oh. and I went to the back to get some water, and he grabbed my shoulder, and oh I was my. like, "Oh, this is crazy! I'm gonna fight this guy in this bar." Right. Um, and then he goes, "Man, how funny were we?" He was like, that was so great. Our give and take was so funny. Oh. What a good job we did. And I just said, yeah, I don't yeah. do stuff like this. I have a lot of examples of this, but I don't do it like it this often, despite all the specific examples I have of when I behaved like this. <laughs> but I said, you're a bad person. I need you to know you're a bad person, and you weren't helping at all, and I can't let you leave here with any sense of joy. <laughs> You know how you want your crowd to leave a comedy yeah. show? Yeah, that's good. Singled out? <laughs> well, that's good. It's a, it's a, do you feel, in general, it's a tough time right now with after the election to be doing comedy? I believe it is. I think it's a tough time. I have had a tougher time amongst comedians than with crowds. Crowds generally seem to be entrusting of you for this escape. Yeah. Other comedians live in their own brains. It's a horrible place, horrible place. <laughs> and and it, we use it as our coping. So the, the audience's coping is coming to let us help them escape, but our coping is in front of the audience. So oftentimes that they're not escaping because we are using our coping at them. Does that make sense? What I, I don't, don't try and, it made sense. Yeah. What I just said made perfect sense. <laughs> Don't play it back. <laughs> Delete that off the podcast. <laughs> I will. Uh, so lots I'll of times I've seen that. you comedians will be coping at the audience, and that's not what the audience is expecting. Oh, right I now. see. Yeah, sure. Well, processing and, and right. that kind of thing without maybe getting to the joke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the thing that uh, oftentimes I forget is the joke part of it, which people are fans of the joke part they of it. Love they the come jokes. expecting they the do, joke they part They do love of it. the mm-hmm. jokes at the stand-up They don't want to see that you've washed your sweatshirt. They want the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this. You do so many different kinds of shows, and a lot of them have jokes in them. But one of the ones that I wanted to ask you about some was Some of the them do not. Uh, no <laughs> need to stress <laughs> no, a lot. No, no, let's be clear. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, are yeah. some zero jokes. Right, right. Uh, but yeah. the First Comes Love mm-hmm. is a show that you run. Mm-hmm. Explain what that is. Uh, fir- first Comes Love um, maybe about five years ago, I was a little drunk, and I was living in a plywood closet in Williamsburg. Uh, I think it's uh, they use the term luxury, and <laughs> I was living there, and I did was I I was drunk, and I bought an ad on Craigslist, and said that I was the CEO 
Yeah. Which is, should have been the first red flag. Yes. Not a lot of CEOs posting on <laughs> Craigslist, but uh, you know, you don't see the Elon Musk job listings frequently. But I said, I'm the CEO of this porn company, and I'm looking for writers. I have no idea why I did this. And I said, please submit. If you want to be a porn writer, send me your best three-page porn script. Yeah. And then I went to bed, couch, and I thought that like <laughs> I would. I had no. I didn't know what I expected, and I woke up to hundreds of scripts. Some people sent them in two minutes. It's like, no, you, they had that already. They didn't write that for the ad. Do you know what I mean? Drag you were waiting and drop. For, yeah, exactly. You are waiting for this ad. I have some that are music with songs and 28 or 29-page scripts. Wow. And, and so I had them for a few years just on my computer. And I thought, I can't die with this like this. Because <laughs> people yes. will be like, what was he doing? Yeah. What's up? So now I have comedians act out the submission scripts on stage verbatim. So I put this ad on Craigslist for porn scripts, and I have comedians act out the submissions, for so better or for m worse. <laughs> These are like fan fiction porn scripts. Lots of them are fan fiction of things. Yeah. Some of them are just very independent events that you're like, where are you drawing this scene <laughs> in an elevator from? <laughs> and you can't name everyone dad. You know what I mean? Right. It's... <laughs> but it's there from all over. I started moving the ad around. To yeah. First, I moved oh. it to Los Angeles, but then yeah. all I got was like people's IMDb pages. So then I like moved it to to the Pacific Northwest, and then to like Des Moines. And there's people everywhere who are aspiring. Sure, and we love our dreams and our dreamers. I know out there, and in I this think country. it's I think it's a very fun thing. But now, do you when you have different comedians and things? Do you ever have a, a, a adult performers actually come in and, and do the shows? <laughs> One time, uh, yeah, one somehow Ron Jeremy found out about the show oh. from, you know Ron Jeremy from TV. Sure. And uh, Ron, Ron Jeremy from probably The Apprentice, I don't know. And <laughs> Sounds right. He just reached out to us and asked if we were going to do the uh, show. Uh. And I was like, well, yeah, but not in Los Angeles. And he was like, I'll come to Brooklyn. And he came, and uh, I had him play Bill Cosby oh. in a Cosby show spoof. Really piling it. Bill Cosby, look, I know everyone's, everyone seems to not be a Bill Cosby fan these days, and I understand why. <laughs> Good. And I, I, don't, I know, even talking about it makes it sound like I'm trying to sympathize. No, okay, here's the script. He gets murdered. They okay. murder Bill. Bill Cosby gets murdered by 20 women. They murder him with dildos. And, you know, porn. And Ron Jeremy came and, and played Bill Cosby, and he told me, he was like, he's a very nice guy. Uh, very professional, and not like in the way where it's like you mean dick out, but no, but well, no. And he, but he memorized his scene, and I was like, "How you just got the script today? How you're memorized?" And he goes, "My whole career is memorizing three bad pages of dialogue." <laughs> it's like, God damn, that's funnier than me, Ron Jeremy. It was Trained fun. at Juilliard, I think. Tra <laughs> yeah. If I don't know if that was her name, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, my ten that's of swords is bleeding that's through. That's okay, Lord of Oppression. Uh, that's, um, <laughs> well, do you have, um, uh, you know, I've talked to some great uh, uh, sex workers on the show. Not that mm -hmm. the sex was great. Not that I know what sex is. Kyle, do you have a favorite, uh, like, pornographic scenario, though, now you've read through all of these things? Do you have one you know, that you're drawn to? I don't. Um, I'm a, you know, I like to mix it up. I like to see what the uh, kids are into the... No. No, let's rewind that. Uh, 
Like to see what's hot, what's happening. What's happening? Yeah, yeah. that's the term. <laughs> I don't know. No, there's no scenario that I, I frequent. Yeah. Um, sometimes if I want to look at porn, I'll get. We're just really going to get into this. I'll just go and on. Uh, you know the site Reddit. They let you look at. Uh, they have like porn Reddits. And oh you, no. And so they will have uh, the top voted ones, so you can yeah. see what everyone's into. Yeah. And then they'll also have the least voted ones, so you can s- you can be like. Well, wh- why did no one like this one? Yep. And then you click it and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a feeling mine would be in Eels. that latter section. But I always, and it's funny because mine is the same as my improv suggestion. Whenever I'm at an improv show, it's the same thing I shout out. Nuns on a submarine. Oh. <laughs> I just, I always want to see people. That or I thought it was <laughs> just going to be uh, eight sad white people. That's my <laughs> improv suggestion generally. <laughs> Oh, we're having fun now. Now, you uh, are from uh, uh, Missouri. From Missouri. Do the people back home like this show? First Comes Love? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, probably for different reasons. Um, (laughs) I think they like getting out of the house. One time we did it fairly close to my hometown in Missouri. Really? and, And what I will generally do at the beginning of the show, because I don't, what I, there's things I like, I don't like the stigma it's interesting to me that everyone pretends no one watches porn and we all watch it, and I don't care for the stigma of, of like, it's a bad thing. You know, I don't know, but I don't know much about it. But it's whatever. So I think it's nice just to do this big open thing. I go home, and I usually open the show. I'll talk to the crowd. I'll ask them what kind of porn they like to watch yeah. and what they're into. And normally, y- it takes a minute to get it going. You ask people, what do you like watching? What do you like? W-? And uh, eventually people, but in Kansas City, in Missouri, I was like, is anyone into any interesting Porn and immediately a hand shot up, and a guy goes, I don't know if it's weird, but like eels. <laughs> and then another guy goes, Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> eels. <laughs> and I was like, You guys can't be the only two people here alone. <laughs> At least sit together. <laughs> and there's tablecloths, you know. And so then they sat and watched the show together. But this is, you know, they liked it. Then you don't want to ask too many more questions. Yeah, no, You're just like, fine. sure, eels. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a conservative area. It is a. Yeah. Generally, you find conservative just means way more extreme under the cover. Do you know what I mean? Just behind the scene, way worse mm-hmm. or more extreme. Where it's like, if you have any openness about it, you can at least explore it and find your boundary, and then come back to where you, the area you want to live with it. When you don't, you just hide behind this. It's it. You're just basically putting headphones in everything. Do you know what I mean? You just hide. And so that you say you're, you're conservative, you're not into that, and then you find out it's like you're just into way worse stuff. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. But now, uh, is that why you're not going back for Thanksgiving? Or you oh, no, I have no money. Okay, well, that, that'll, be, that'll do it. That'll do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of the tendon hindering on the money. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I would. It, it wouldn't be a lot of... It's a big don't talk about anything type place. You know, repress everything, repress everything, die at 48, repress everything, <laughs> die at 48, you know. Yeah. So that we don't have to worry about those awkward conversations. Right. Um, well, do, you, do you have people that come and stay with you, though, here in New York? Sometimes. I have. It when, since it's a, it's a big area of uh, they will tell me I live in a bubble, and I'll be told, they'll be like, you live in that liberal bubble. I'll be like, you just, you married the first girl you ever saw, and you've never left Jackson County. What are you talking about a bubble? <laughs> it's like, you yell at buses. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> just, you can't call them big cars forever. And 
But I'll have friends come and stay, friends come to New York who I've never talked to. And they'll be like, I'm coming to New York. Can I stay with you? He's like, we weren't friends when we lived a mile apart. Why would we be friends when you're traveling <laughs> 2,000 miles except I know hotel prices? Right. I'm not in Hamilton. And, and so they will always... They'll come and they'll stay with me. And I live in Ridgewood in Queens, and I love it. I like Queens a lot. Uh, I, the mayor of Queens is a Bluetooth speaker tied to a bicycle, uh, but I like <laughs> Queens a lot. <laughs> and people will come and they'll stay. And I had a friend staying with me, and he's on my couch, living on my couch in my apartment with a cat. We don't know whose, but it's <laughs> a cat. Yeah. And he's like, he says, he goes, Kyle, what's the best restaurant in New York? <laughs> he's like, do you want to go eat at the best restaurant? In New-? And I was like, what about my life makes you think I know what the best restaurant in New York is? <laughs> like, you think they probably eat people like us at the best restaurant <laughs> in New York. You just throw a dart and whatever number you hit, that's the age of the poor that you get to eat. <laughs> I don't know. Think there's a bar behind a hot dog store or something? <laughs> all the hot spots all the hot spots yeah you don't know and then yeah, i mean it's like you're on my couch i'm on the floor because you're on my couch i don't know what you want <laughs> what makes what about me sleeping on the floor scream steak <laughs> it's difficult isn't it when we have visitors or friends uh now what was that last part or friends <laughs> yeah it's okay to have friends <laughs> yeah um, well, sometime I'd love to go. I know you're a fan of dinosaurs. I'd love to go with I you to like that dinosaurs. Noah's Ark that they built in Kentucky. Oh, the Creationist Museum? Yeah, because oh they boy. have dinosaurs on the Ark. The Creationist Museum is one of my favorite places. I've never, this is what, they know what's up. Yeah. They know no one's going there like, yep. No, it's having fun with it. They know everyone's going there like, they're happy to take $24 from you for you to laugh at them. Yeah. I, I've never made $24 to have people laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> and they got it at the Creationist Museum in Kentucky. <laughs> You're just like, this is dumb. And they're like, yes, we're the dumb ones. Is that debit? And then they run your card. Like it's, you have to wait for the chip now. It's like, you have the chip in Kentucky? <laughs> I like the Dinosaur Museum. Yeah, they got everything. They could have aliens on there. The Bible is a living document. Now anything, <laughs> now anything goes. So That's we can just do it. Put aliens on there. You want to have a guy in a bear costume, put him on there. Right. You can have, I don't know. Just four or five kids in a trench coat sneaking yeah. into a movie. Yeah. Have fun two with it. Two by two, walking on there. Noah's Ark, man. It is incredible. I love dinosaurs walking with Jesus. <laughs> it's so fun. And so great. It's like nice this time of year, too, isn't it, to think about that? Little baby Jesus being raised by dinos. This might be our last holiday season, so I'm going to really savor it. <laughs> Good. Well, not uh, in a pessimistic. Well, no, yeah, it's pessimistic. Never mind. It's a little bit. Uh, you have a half hour coming up. Yeah, at the same date and time that Shalewa <laughs> is <laughs> recording our half hour. Well, now, now I you've will got be a also doing it. Uh, well, let's just. I'll just Skype in Shalewa's. So if you want to watch hers <laughs> on an iPad, it's at Union Hall. On December 1st at 10 o'clock, Union Hall is in Park Slope in Brooklyn, and it's also going to be a fun time. That's wonderful. Well, I hope people uh, show up for both of the things. There's enough. Those, those venues are not huge, so you can go to both the places mm-hmm. and uh, have a wonderful time. And I hope you have a great Thanksgiving, and Thank you, you can stay around for a thing at the end. Oh, definitely. Okay. Kyle Ayers, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Kyle Ayers here, lover of... 
dinosaurs, maybe a dark view of what our future holds, but we'll get into that. Lord of Oppression. All right, our next uh, uh, guest is a, a wonderful uh, a graphic novelist and a author and just one of the great comedic minds that is out there. And maybe you've seen it in his work in any number of great publications that are out there, McSweeney's, Believer. What ha he's terrific. I'm so excited that he's here. Please welcome Michael Kupperman. Michael, come on up. Michael, my goodness, great to have you. Take a seat there. Oh, how are you doing? I'm okay, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I gather this was uh, difficult for you to get out of the house? Yes, I'm rarely out of the house. <laughs> so it's congratulations. Yeah. That, that's wonderful. That's because you're, you were a difficult time with the election? Are you okay? I'm okay. Uh, I'm staying indoors, not going out, so I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter is very depressing since the election, though. It's yeah. taken a bad turn and half the tweets are versions of don't tell me to calm down <laughs> or you know if we call this person maybe we can make it turn back you know? <laughs> right. it's it's t I've, I've thought about deleting it I'll tell you yeah yeah we're not for our wonderful rapport that of we course, have on yeah. the yeah. platform it's yeah. exciting well um, uh, Michael I have some of your books oh, here yeah. uh, uh, the tales designed to thrizzle and the the snake and bacon cartoon uh, cabaret Yes, and uh, these were difficult to find. I have to tell you, you must be so popular. All the bookstores I went to sold out. They yes. didn't have any of them. I had to buy these off of a, from a person in Michigan off of eBay. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you get a package on eBay. It doesn't smell very good. It's true, yeah. <laughs> was this one of those times? No, these smelled okay. They were still wrapped in plastic, so it was all right. Sometimes you get a sense of their lives, you know. <laughs> the other side of the yeah. handle. Oh, oh yes. what's going on there? But uh, I love these books, and I love I love your work. So, and the, you know, I also love connecting with people, as we've seen tonight, all of us <laughs> connecting. And uh, one of the things that you've done, if I may, just briefly go through it, you uh, studied as a fine artist. Yes. Yes, me too. Where did you study? Uh, SVA. Is a School of the Visual Arts here in New York. That's right. Yes. That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, practicing advanced mold making at the Rhode Island School of Design oh, up there in Providence. Nice. Thank very you. Nice. It was very exciting, and I know how to pour a lot of things into other things. Um, <laughs> the, then, of course, you worked construction briefly. Did I? That's what I heard. I heard you say these words, and I also worked that way, and it was terrible. Well, it, was, it was in the 90s when you could just walk into a job and go, I want to do this job, and then go, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so I had a lot of jobs within a few years. I was a waiter. I worked construction. I worked in galleries. I finally ended up in offices. You know, but it was just it was easy to get a job back then. Yeah. Really and, easy. And you would get them from the newspaper. <laughs> you circle it. Yeah. And then you go and get it. Yeah. Yeah. It I remember. Amazing. I've seen amazing. the montages yeah. in the movies, too. <laughs> Circling with a red pen. And uh, one of the places that you ended up was Life Magazine. Yes, yes, my last real job was at Life Magazine. How strange it must have been to, at Life to be at Life Magazine, this place that was really the visual history of the 20th century. Yeah. And, and there, probably, I assume, at the dying uh, tail end of that Mostly enterprise. dead, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was actually during the Gulf War, so they thought having a war would make them popular again, which turned out not to be the slightest bit true. But they were, uh, they were making one last effort, and they were, they were just hopeless, yeah. But, but were you, what were you doing there? 
I was in photo trafficking, so I was taking photos and sending them to one place or bringing them to another, you know. Uh, I was, yeah, I was young guy. I, I remember, I realized I had to get out when I heard the Welsh uh, secretary of the department I was in, and she was looking, uh, she was looking around, I was behind my desk, and she was going, where's the boy? I can't find the boy. And I realized, oh no, I'm the boy. <laughs> so I was like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah, because <laughs> you didn't want to be the boy. No, I didn't. Yeah. I, I was tired uh, of being. And was it just uh, just uh, strange to see it end, to see that? Because it was it a was major It was depressing. Piece. People yeah. would sleep under their desks. I mean, you'd see some of the older people like uh, Gordon Parks, I yeah. saw it going around. You Great know. photographer. Yeah. yeah, a fantastic photographer. Yeah. You'd see a few remnants of beneath what they had become. But and uh, we'll probably face that but soon, But that drove me crazy in that movie, Walter Mitty, yeah. because... Uh, What's his name? Ben Stiller yes. is working in that office. That's the same elevator I took every day, <laughs> you know, that he takes. But there it's some glittering vision of what a magazine could be. And it's, you know, beautiful and immaculate. And it's like, so that's not the fantasy. That's the harsh reality that he has fantasies to escape from. <laughs> <laughs> right. <You know>? Right. <laughs> yes. A little, a little awkward. How would they? It's not even still in business, is it? No. No. N no. The whole it's thing it's was just a, a franchise bad. name. Yeah. Um, but we'll probably face that soon when the internet goes away. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, when I went to, I don't know if you remember Thing X, which was around a couple of years ago. Yes. Yeah, they were sharing offices with the remnants of Life magazine. It was oh. odd to go up there because I spotted my old boss in one of the offices. But Always uh, jarring, isn't it? To her, see her husband was killed in Vietnam. She has, oh. she has a lifetime job. Still? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. He, she w he was working for the magazine. So. Oh, he it died on duty. Yeah. For the magazine, in, in service to yeah. the magazine yeah. in Vietnam. Yeah. Well, we thank all of our brave service people, don't we? Absolutely. And all the wonderful work that they do. And, uh, well, yes, the Internet is dying out. We can see that's happening, maybe two weeks or so. It's going away. The uh, election has also brought us down. Uh, they said they want to drain the swamp, but then it's what they've revealed is the Legion of Doom. Uh, the, the some <laughs> of the characters that are coming out for the cabinet uh, oh, reminded ben me. Carson for uh, <laughs> housing and urban development. He well, people were saying down. on Twitter he probably thinks, oh, he's the most urban person I know. <laughs> oh, Trump. Probably. Yeah. Probably. But they're real kind of uh, villains, aren't they? Almost like they'd come out of it's one incredible. of your books. Yeah, they're all <laughs> so dogged with scandal and lawsuit already. And he's you know. a bit of a Lex Luthor if Luthor was a dum dum. Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing. It's like living in the craziest satire, you know, imaginable. It's bizarre. Does it lend itself to 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 work though? Are you are you I finding it? I, uh, I, I, I don't know. It's a little it's a little beyond me. I mean, when you when you read old science fiction, what they thought the future was going to be, and then you look at what it is now. I mean, things I've noticed are the internet. I think everyone expected the internet would make us smarter. No one expected that people would actually use it to make themselves dumber, yeah. which is actually what happens. It's amazing. And then when I, you know, I have a little boy now, and I'm trying to explain to him about computers, and it's like, well, they use this standard cord, but now the cords have changed, so, you know, everything. It's like, that's something that would have been beyond any science fiction writer, you <laughs> yeah. know, that we're, The yeah. nuances of USB um, formats. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Would have made for a riveting Bizarre. book, though. Yeah, and it's <laughs> really, yeah, a great, great novel. <laughs> yeah, Jules Cord. Verne's D Chords. Dongle hell. <laughs> Dongle, <laughs> Dongle dilemma. 
<laughs> 21st century. Yes. Uh, uh, well, uh, the, the, the books that you've uh, done now, I gather you're working on a more serious uh, a book right now. Yeah. Not that these aren't serious. I think some of your work has a wonderful and quiet malevolence, a little uh, 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 disturbing menace there within the cross-hatching oh, and things that you thanks. provide. They're wonderful books, and they have a kind of timeless quality, I think, to me. Uh, going back and reading them, I realize they exist kind of out of time with so many wonderful uh, characters and things that you come back to. Uh, um, of course, uh, we'll talk about the series book in a second, but the, the two characters that I love, the, the snake and uh, snake, snake and bacon, bacon yeah. is yeah. literally a snake and a piece of bacon right. with their catchphrase, hiss is the snake, and I'm a piece of real bacon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's basically it. Yeah. Basically That's it. That's the whole thing. Variations the whole on show. that. Yeah. <laughs> and That's they, all they, they do. They solve crimes. Yeah. Uh, they're called, uh, I don't know why they're called on so often to uh, look into <laughs> mur- murders and yeah. things yeah. happening, but there they are. Yeah. And hissing and talking about, uh, you can dab me with grease, or yeah. you can grab, dab me with a paper towel to yeah. take away my grease. Yeah. Uh, wonderful characters. Well, thank you. Um, and and you, you populated this universe, and the universe's... Uh, with so many of them, and uh, one of my favorites, uh, one of my favorite things in there, of course, is the sex blimp, uh, which is uh, run by pirates and notoriously difficult to get up the ramp. Yeah, yeah, to they the, really to the need sex to blimp. improve those ramps. So the sex <laughs> blimp Dangerous. promises a lot, yeah. Kyle, but you, you can't. A lot of people just fall off the ramp before yeah, yeah, they even yeah, get yeah, into the sex blimp. Yeah, it's unpolice. <laughs> They got a belt. They used to be able. There used to be, if you were a certain amount above the ground level, yeah, you know, laws didn't apply, or below ground level. So you had the sex blimps and the sex holes, right. both of which were completely right. unpoliced. Right. There is a hole that you can also go down yes. into. Yes. Uh, In the park. <laughs> that's right. They're marvelous, uh, uh, and you're you're so great at coming up with superheroes and oh, supervillains. I'm doing you know, something for Adult Swim. Oh, now. great. Yeah. Adultswim.com. Great. Yeah. Uh, uh, the characters, though, the superheroes might be a little different than so what people are thinking about because you have characters that are, like my favorite one is Manister, the man who yeah. turns into a banister. Yeah, yeah. Uh, protecting people from falling off the stairs. That's right, yeah. So many people saved by Manister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the idea there is that the staircase was built without a banister. Or someone took it. <laughs> or it was... <laughs> Taken away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank God Manister was there <laughs> to take the form of a banister. Exactly. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> yes. And uh, underpants on the head yeah, man. Yeah, underpants on his head. I was pleased to learn that there's separate underpants that he wears for yes. daily use and that these are a special He's small. not a crazy person. He's not no. a crazy person, no. 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 no, he has specially tailored masks that that's are right. underpants. He could have yeah. made any mask, but he chooses underpants. Convenience. <laughs> Uh, there's also a rug. Is the rug? He he pulls and puts the slip out on uh, robbers. He pulls the rug out from the robbers oh, or right. something. Yeah, you're remembering <laughs> stuff I've forgotten. Yeah, it's just a rug. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I had a good time reading yeah. them, Michael. <laughs> because there's so many diminished expectations now that some of these characters would be plausible. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And kind of kind of good yeah, to have. Yeah, of course. I'd be happy to see I Rob. find a lot of regular superheroes kind of boring. I mean, the Flash is just like your friend's, your dad's friend who goes running, you know. <laughs> 
All the stories are about him getting a knee injury or something. Yeah, you, know? you can always take him out. It's really, a little bit of slippery stuff yeah. usually does the trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Squirt a little graphite, you've yeah. taken or out you the flash. Him up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But now, uh, uh, and maybe we'll, we'll we'll talk about some of these great heroes because they inspired some stuff uh, for me. Uh, but uh, this book that you you're reading, I was fascinated to learn that your father was a prodigy, one of yeah, the most famous yeah. prodigies of the 20th century. Yeah, that's right. He was. Uh, Famous kid. He was on a show called The Quiz Kids. Quiz Kids. For uh, 11 years. And this is when? Uh, he f came on it in 42, and he left in 52. That was a television program or a radio show? It was radio first, and then it was very early TV. And so, yeah. Yeah, and your father was uh, solving math problems. Yeah, he would solve math problems, which he could do from a young age uh, in his head very easily. Just lickety-split. You just throw yeah. numbers at him and... That's right. He supposedly had an IQ of 219 and could do math in his head, like, instantly. That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then uh, he was celebrated, taken around the world? Taken around all... Well, all around America, because it was yeah, at war. Okay. And uh, sure. did lots of tours, was in a movie playing himself, you know, met lots of celebrities, president, whoever. Yeah. You also good at math? No. no. Not that good. No. No. <laughs> Uh, and now you're writing a book about his life. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, he, he since had a decline in, in capability. Yeah, he's, uh, he's got uh, advanced senility. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, which I'm sorry to hear that. But uh, you're dealing with that, and you're going to present his full life in this book. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Kind of the mystery of uh, what happened with him, because it was uh, something he was, he was embarrassed and ashamed by for his entire life and just tried to block out. Yeah. So, uh, it, it, you know, when I finally started thinking about it, it was sort of fascinating to look at, because I never had, really. And when do you think this book's going to come out? Uh, 2018. It's coming out from, uh, it's called Gallery 13 Press. It's a division of uh, Simon & Schuster. Well, we're going to look for that. That'll be, was there ever a doll or anything made of him? No, I mean, that's the thing. It was in World War II, so ephemera was pretty much destroyed as soon as it was made. You had to melt it down uh, for the war Yeah, effort. there's some games and stuff and, yeah. you know, whatnot, but no, no, no doll, luckily. Because I was thinking you have such a love, of, as I do, of the old flea markets and oh, things sure. haunting yeah. around there. And you really get a sense of the two Americas, don't you, when oh. you go to a flea market because sometimes you'll go there and you'll see the person has art deco furniture and maybe some carefully curated toys and then two stall downs uh, two stalls down will be maybe a, a more uh, bigger fella smoking a cigar and he's got world war ii memorabilia and you have to think he's not just a history buff right <laughs> <laughs> with all that stuff it's troubling, but that's really where we're at, isn't it? There, yeah, there are some odd characters. There's one uh, out near where I grew up in Mansfield, Connecticut, at the drive-in. And uh, you have to get there by noon or one, because everything's shutting down already by then. And there was w there's one group that have uh, several tables, and they just destroy everything at the end of the day. They're like, come and get it, uh, otherwise I'm smashing it. I'm smashing this china right now. Oh, my. Unless someone wants it. <laughs> they just oh destroy wow. it all. That's uh, it. Interesting perspective on life, isn't it? Yeah. We appreciate. Well, uh, I, I want to get back to these superheroes because you inspired me, and uh, we'll just uh, we'll maybe complete uh, the evening with this with a little uh, dose of deep night theater. And I thought we could uh, enact, uh, inspired by your great characters, that maybe we would enact a little uh, piece of original writing inspired by some of what you've put forward, and uh, we'll have some scripts. Everyone will play a, a character. Don't worry, it's quite short. Okay. Um, here, pass that down. It all has your name on the corner there, okay. so uh, make sure, Annabelle, you have one too. Okay. 
Everyone will play a character. This is an episode of uh, uh, Handsome Gordon and the Space Explorers. Michael, you'll be playing the cosmic witch, Doug Bundle. Unfortunately, none of his magic works because we're in space. Maybe I can get a job working for Jill Stein with this. <laughs> you can. Kyle, you're playing Cool Shades. He has Cool Shades. Shalewa, you're going to be playing Al's Houlihan, the platonic friend of our leader, Handsome Gordon, and uh, uh, also a brilliant scientist. Uh, Annabelle, you're going to be playing the damsel in distress. Did you get your script back there? Yes. Okay, you're going to be Mistress Ikea. You have trouble putting things together? <laughs> I, of course, will be handsome Gordon, captain of the space, explorers. So here we go. Uh, you ready, Glockabelle, uh, Annabelle? A little okay. space music, if you will. Space explorers looking for something to do in space. We join our heroes now stuck in space traffic in the BQE quadrant. Gosh, handsome Gordon, space sure is boring. I only wish my magic worked in space. I'd make a turkey sandwich. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Platonic friend Owls, Doug, Cool Shades, I hear your concerns. Our mission is to explore the outer realms, helping humanoid aliens and being confused by anything that looks different. We'll fight them, maybe in a gladiator-style arena, then realize we have a common enemy and we need to work together. Oh, if only a beautiful gal with earth hair and far-out fashion sense were to make a distress call. Au secours, mes explorateurs d'espace! Unfortunately, Mistress Ikea's plea goes unanswered as Handsome Gordon is leaning on the off switch of the communication device. You know who has good turkey? Klepton 7. I don't know if it's the extra neck or the air, but that is a moist bird. End of scene. Thank you very much. That deep night theater as we follow the space explorers and it was inspired by the great work of Michael Kupperman. How about that? Michael Kupperman to find his books and the new one is coming out in 2018. Uh, uh, that's it for us. Let's give a warm round of applause for all of our guests. Michael, Kyle, and Shalewa and Annabelle back there. Uh, this has been terrific. I hope that you all have a wonderful holiday with your loved ones. Thank you for joining us in the deep night. And now, uh, 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 thanks to everybody at the Slipper Room. Thanks, you, uh, thanks to you for coming out. Uh, Annabelle, will you play a shout? Sure. That's wonderful. Thank you, everybody. Thanks. Good night. Oh, folks, there you go. Another wonderful live show. I do hope you'll join us the next time we do this. We'll be every other month at the Slipper Room and then, of course, out to SF Sketchfest in January. Lots of great shows coming up, and we have a number of great interviews still uh, yet to come. So uh, now I bid you farewell from the deep night uh, until we meet again. 
Deep Night is written and performed by James Bewley with production assistance from Harvest Works in New York City. Music throughout each episode is provided by the amazing talents on the artistic roster of Howler Hills Farm in the great state of Ohio. Deep Night theme by Zach Gabbard, Season 9 podcast icon and logo designed by Samantha Mash. Download episodes directly through daleradio.com or subscribe and review the show on iTunes. Also available on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Follow Dale on Twitter at Dale Radio or Instagram at Dale Seaver for behind-the-scenes peeks into the production of the show and the life of Dale Seaver. Thank you to all the subscribers and supporters of this program, and thanks to you for listening.